I don't really track who's following me and who's not following me very closely right? because ultimately I kind of don't really care. Right? Well, and there's and, no, yeah, <laughs> obligation or whatever, right? Yeah, like, no, you're in the family. Once that ring goes on the finger, you got to follow the Instagram. There are always going to be the tone-deaf relatives who consistently, again and again, make a friend's request on Facebook. <laughs> I, no, I am not returning that because... <laughs> I understand you are my godparent or sponsor or whatever, but that is exactly why I will not return <laughs> that. You feel obligated to save my soul and I'm fine. Thank you. I got it. I got it. Right. And that's where I end up sitting quietly in a lot of family gatherings. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. This episode of It Will Probably Be Okay was recorded on September 2nd, 2020. Today on It Will Probably Be Okay, positivity isn't the problem, it's you. My co-hosts and I will find out what happens when a cynic, an optimist, and a buffoon walk into a bar and the bartender says, hey, we don't serve your kind in here. Why the long face? Where is the bartender? Let's explore toxic positivity. I'm Gabe Wollenberg, and Governor Evers is kidding himself if he thinks a sternly worded letter is going to keep me from touring Kenosha. <laughs> I'm Nick, and I'm barely hanging on. I'm the Kenji, and I'm right there with Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, let's first begin our conversation today with some mini topics. Hey, gang, what is the malto in your meal? <laughs> um, I love McDonald's breakfast. It's the perfect hangover cure. I've eaten it since I was young. It's delicious. So I was really excited when I decided this past weekend that um, we were going to get the boys their first ever McDonald's breakfast. Now, I... Love to get the bacon egg biscuit, no cheese, hold the cheese, of course, and a um, hash brown. I thought the guys would probably do a little bit better with the bacon egg McGriddle, but they ate the bacon. They did not want anything to do with the egg, and they did not want anything to do with the McGriddle, and they ate the hash brown. So I don't know what's wrong with these kids. They can't be mine. <laughs> <laughs> For my money, there is nothing better than the big breakfast uh, with mm -hmm. the hotcakes yep. because that weird, greasy, fake butter whip substitute that they have in those weird little silly <laughs> plastics, that is the nectar of the gods, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, they wouldn't even try the McGriddle bun. Like, it, it didn't make any sense to me. And, like, from time to time, I'll just be eating, like, a hamburger or a sandwich, and they'll, like, they'll want to try it. They're two and a half. Like, they want to eat it, and I'll put it in front of their face, and they'll take the biggest bite they possibly can. But, like, for whatever reason, like, this delicious sandwich they had no interest in. I don't, I don't get it. It's an abomination. I have no answers for you. Yeah, there's no answer. That's... 
I I don't oh, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain that one. I mean, it, maybe they don't like greasy food, and maybe that's a good thing. You should nurture that so they grow up to be adults who don't always eat reach for fast food like I do. What are they supposed to eat when they're hungover? <laughs> <laughs> Facts. I mean, in 20 years, you know. Do they or, like cheese? You know, I, I actually think one of my guys is kind of not super into cheese, actually. Oh, well. I'm going to pretend that, like I like to do, that they're <clears throat> identical. So now you can tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, my guy my guy that doesn't like cheese, Jack, I like to say he's like my little mini-me because he has a colic where I have a colic. I looked the same as him as a baby. We both have three nipples. An incredible beard. Like, what an incredible beard. <laughs> yep, so that's that's my disappointment for the weekend. I just, I want to name and shame. I got an Audible trial. And if uh, I knew they were going to put me through the ringer so, in order to be able to cancel my membership i wouldn't have done the trial now i've been i have been an amazon user since amazon was amazon but i have refused to try audible but my husband raves about it and i thought it'd be good a good thing to do all on walks and it was i was interested in like first time manager books (sighs) every time i went to link well first i discovered i realized on my own you can't do it within the app right so then yep, yep. you have to do it on the website. And every link I found that mentioned cancel membership led to a dead page. Oh, okay. my God. And then after trying every link I could find, I tweeted them. And then I decided, actually, I'm not paying that membership fee because today was my last day and I was doing this last night. So I was like, fuck it. I, I found a number and I called them. And I dared them in my mind to not answer because they had like, I don't know, they were <laughs> open from eight to five Pacific standard time or some shit. But no, somebody was on the line and they answered. And then <clears throat> I discovered that if I cancel my membership, my one credit that I had remaining would disappear into the thin air. So while I was on the call with a person, <laughs> <laughs> and then like I was like, okay, <laughs> and so that is the silver lining of this story. I am going to be listening to a Harvard Business Review <laughs> podcast on tips for managers, new managers. <laughs> Jennifer has been a subscriber for a long, long time. And so we have a really nice collection in that account of books that we don't actually own, but have rented the ability to hear sometimes. And I also love a good audiobook, And I've, you, I've, I've cajoled her into letting me spend a credit or two here and there. I'm sorry to hear that you had a bad experience with Audible because I really hoped one day they would pay me money to talk into microphones. Oh, <laughs> alas, it's not meant to be. 
Hey, it's if, okay. if they can't even let you cancel their subscription, they don't have anybody that's going to go back to into our archives to find out if we ever said anything <laughs> bad about it. True, true. So name and shame away. Name and shame away. They agreed. Audible boo. <laughs> We're going to talk about toxic positivity. But I wanted to start with something that happened today. I don't know if, well, I got the impression that you guys, like me, are sort of in the burnt out ends of like all this, he said, gesturing around to the world. (laughs) And (laughs) there's, I guess there's a name for that. I don't know what it is, but like at the end of the day, like I am tired of being upset and on guard and prepared to run. And I'm tired of protecting myself from being upset. Right. Like, like I, I play Minecraft now instead of doom scrolling and that seems to be helping, but like, you know, like when I see things like what was what's going on in Kenosha, like I can't help but get engaged and then I'm mad all over and then I have to go to school and, you know, build it, literally build a tent out of shower curtains so that I can teach in a way that I feel is safe. And today we had a conversation with my daughter's homeroom teacher that we were supposed to attend in person but if we wanted to attend virtually we should send him an email and of course the system wherein you register for your time slot couldn't send him an email so you had to go to his web page on the school's website and send him an email that way except that they don't actually have his email address out there you have to send it through a web form oh, no. uh, that then goes to him. So I have no record of actually sending it because I just typed it into a web form and hoped that that web form would get routed. And so as I was making dinner today, I realized I had not yet gotten a reply. And so I went and sat down at my computer and started making telephone calls and eventually got a human being who said, oh, yeah, a lot of parents tell us they're having that problem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I recognize that that is that person's attempt at empathy. (laughs) They are trying to show me empathy. And so the details aside, uh, a half an hour of awkward trying not to yell conversations uh, later, guy is set up fine for school. And I said, look, I have to go outside for a little while. And I sat down in the backyard with uh, a little cup of chicken feed and just cried. The chicken sat on my lap acting, <laughs> thinking, uh, thinking that I was calling them. But in fact, I was sobbing uh, because it's just so much. And the reason I'm starting on that kind of a downer is because I saw on the internet a couple of weeks ago a pattern that I would describe as a sustained attack on positivity. You've seen the articles. You don't have to accomplish this stuff. You shouldn't be so upset. It's okay to be not okay. And I say this to you guys as an unabashed cynic i expect the the sinking 
of the Titanic. If you spend all that time building an unsinkable ship, the law of hubris tells us there is no other possible outcome. <laughs> right? Across the multiverse, infinite timelines, there is no timeline where the Titanic did not sink, except for those timelines wherein the ship was not deemed unsinkable. <laughs> I will also tell you that I never had a doubt that Donald Trump would win this presidency in wow. 2016. Never had a doubt. Why didn't because you tell America, me? America always elects the joke candidate. Jesse Ventura, Al Franken, Ronald Reagan. America always elects the joke candidate. So when I saw that the world was kind of saying, hey, everybody should stop being so positive, I looked around and went, who the hell is looking around saying, oh, you're being too positive right now? <laughs> <laughs> So I started to worry, what is this idea of toxic positivity? I don't really know what that is. And so I started to worry, am I, am I toxic positivity? Even though I'm a cynic, I do tend to believe that the universe slouches toward goodness if it's left to its own devices. I do tend to believe that at the core of every person exists the best version of that person who is struggling, struggling to make themselves as available as possible. I'm super romantic. I love a beautiful wedding vow. I adore putting a bunch of people into a room and inspiring them to have fun and call it work. And then I see this article from the Washington Post with a headline, Time to Ditch Toxic Positivity. And the photo they used is of a young man sitting behind a glass barrier, holding a sign up on the glass so that the world could see it. And on the sign is a little cloud and a rainbow. And it says, everything will be okay. And I felt called out. <laughs> so I thought we could start with a little bit of conversation about toxic positivity. And I have deliberately, I have a definition up in a tab, but I have not looked at it because I'm wondering if we can come up with something on our own. I think we can. I think we're up to it. So Nick, what's toxic positivity? I, I think I think to, to me when you say that, I, I think that it is kind of a how would I phrase this? I would say it's an inauthentic, kind of robotic response to like what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a cliche. Okay, so yeah, it's it's uh, positivity for positivity's sake. Yes. Yes. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Might, might, I, things can't get worse. I might as well throw some random positivity at this. <laughs> um, building on what Nick said, I think it's also a bland disregard or downplaying of reality. Yeah, that's really good. Then that is then coupled with this belief wrongly that your mental can magically adjust the physical 
and an ignoring or disregard for the balance that is actually playing out, I will call that toxic positivity. And with an example being that people actually are unable to facilitate any other emotion except positive ones, which is not to be human. But isn't that how sports works? I don't know. Like if I, I get very negative when I watch sports. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you're not one of those put your rally cap on and make the magic chance and then we're going to win. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, I, I think when you are so heavily invested into something like I am in, in my teams, like the Bucks, like, I think, you know, I can, I can go the other way. I can get really doomsday e about it when it's sometimes not warranted. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I would say that I do know fans that are like what you're talking about, Gabe, where it's like, oh, the home team's probably doing the best they can. And, you know, we just need a few more things to go our way and I'll, we'll win. But yeah, that is not my my MO. The reason I bring up sports is because I agree with what we've done with definitions as far as what what positivity is. But the toxic part, the toxic part is the part that I think I have the hardest time wrapping my head around. And the reason I make the sports analogy is because we've all known sports fans who then turn to you and blame you for not wearing your magic jersey. <laughs> I don't know these That's people. That's toxic positivity. Right? It isn't enough that you are trumping up artificial positivity, mm-hmm. but that everyone else around you isn't. And I think that's where the toxic that's, comes from. Yeah, I, I think so too. But I but I also think there's kind of like the, like, I think the toxic also comes from the inauthenticity. I mean, like, I think like, you know, some of these people that are, that I've known that I feel like are talk, have a toxic positivity, they're kind of inscrutable you kind of know that no one could possibly be that positive all the time. And there must be parts of themselves that they're either not showing or like they're literally just like the, like a human puppy dog. And I would say a lot of the people that I've seen that have what I would consider toxic positivity are very, very into their religion. So to me, the the thing that makes it toxic is kind of what you're saying, Gabe, about how it, it rubs off on other people how it's how it's kind of pointed at other people but i also think there's an element to it where where it's inauthentic like you've never seen this person be negative because they won't let themselves be that way for whatever whatever broke them somewhere deep in the past Mm -hmm. negative emotions are inherently bad right yes all conflict is bad so we got to find the bright side we've got to find the silver lining in this cloud if if i'm talking to an authentic person that i believe is authentic and they're telling me that i i'm open to hearing it but like if i'm talking to somebody who is toxically positive i'm just like well you didn't even have to say this i knew this is what you're gonna say (laughs) sure sure anything to add nikenji i'd say i feel like people with toxic positivity don't Well, well, we've already said like they're inauthentic, but I think they also 
don't realize because they're so wrapped up in not acknowledging true emotions that every emotion that comes through it's like your their brain is on an automatic thing where oh i'm angry turn that frown upside down and then by the time it yeah. comes out it's some com- some completely repackaged emotion and at no point is there any acknowledgement of what the real thing was before it went through this really distorted lens on what emotion should be that's a great point it's it's almost like you know they're trying so hard to to change the framing to positive that they're not even really acknowledging the reality of what you're saying sucks or they're not even trying to understand that's an excellent point you know there's also an element of blame the victim in that as well yeah definitely i think that gets to the next point i wanted to go to but so just to close the loop on this I had a hard time finding a formal definition of toxic positivity, believe it or not. Eventually, I came up with one that was given in like, I don't know, some health line. I, I feel like I feel like I'm not doing good research because I'm, I'm basically doing Internet research, you know, mm-hmm. where I just find a Web page and then there's a guy on it. And so I share it. So I feel badly that I <laughs> I'm not busting out my you know subscriptions to any of peer reviewed journals. But according to healthline.com. Dr. Jamie Zuckerman, a clinical psychologist in Pennsylvania who specializes in, among other things, anxiety disorders and self-esteem, says that toxic positivity is the assumption, either by oneself or others, that despite a person's emotional pain or difficult situation, they should only have a positive mindset or positive vibes. That's exactly what Nikandra said. And I think we nailed it. Yeah. Like, I think we absolutely nailed it. What I think is really interesting about that particular definition, which I did not read until just now, (laughs) honestly, it it gives us this idea that we can be toxically positive to ourselves. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be to somebody Mm. else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting, right? Like, I should I just got to buck up and 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 huck it and I'll I'll fake it till I make it. And the reality of my human emotional experiences will go away and I'll never have to think about that again. And sometimes we say that as a joke, but the reality is like that's a lot of people's primary coping mechanism. (laughs) See also magical thinking. So as I was exploring this idea I started flipping around and looking at different articles. And for whatever reason, I found this article on, on, on what was her name? Kaylee, Kelly, Kaylee McGanny, the yeah, current Kaylee press McEnany. secretary. Yeah. Yep. Kaylee McEnany. Enemy, enemy, Kaylee McEnany. Yes. She is President Trump's press secretary, the current one. And ironically, if you want to read the article, you have to switch over into incognito mode, which puts the graphic interface of Chrome into like a dark mode, which I think is a perfect metaphoric complement to the Washington Post's tagline, democracy dies in darkness. (laughs) Yes. Indeed it does, Washington Post. Indeed it does. But. I read it and I will link to an article wherein we can read a few delightful nuggets from this article, because I think as I was exploring this, 
this, I wish I could better at her name, McEnany is toxic positivity personified, but maybe not as positive as you'd think, right? But when, when, and I was, I'm going to read a nugget from this. It was written by Robin, uh, Robin Given. She's a, a, a fashion critic of all, of all things for the Washington Post, right? But she writes this amazing sentence here about a third of the way down the article. McEnany is Trumpism delivered with a smiling, telegenic, unruffled aplomb at a time when there's very little to smile about and quite a lot to be ruffled by. She is the picture-perfect face in an administration filled with funhouse mirrors. Everything is great. Everything is fine. She is the duck gliding across the water while her colleagues paddle furiously below the surface. And I can't think of a better personification of the definition of toxic positivity that we just came up with. <laughs> totally. Totally. My other favorite line here, in response to an inquiry about the administration reimbursing states for the deployment of the National Guard, McEnany notes, the president supports the men and women of the National Guard. <laughs> With a smile, like, wow, toxic yeah, positivity. If, if you ever see her press conferences, I mean, you're right. It's toxic positivity in, in human form. She is, she kind of gleefully ignores the things that don't align with her preferred worldview. She castigates the media almost every press conference about how they're not asking the questions they should be asking and stuff like that. And but it's just, amazing. Like she's so good at it, like as yeah. opposed to, and I think that was another element from this article. She's so good at positivity in a way that Sean Spicer was exactly not. <laughs> yes. Is this toxic positivity? I think there's a difference between a person who has toxic positivity and a person who's a sociopath. Mm. One person does it because that's what they need to do to survive. The other person does it because they get off on making people gaslight themselves. Yeah. The example you provided speaks more into sociopathy. Now, obviously, I'm not, I don't know anything about mental health education. I'm not a psychiatrist, <laughs> but it's the thing that drives me insane. This idea of pissing on me and calling it rain to my face. <laughs> and then when I get upset, act like if it was rain in the first place. So we can't even agree on the facts of what happened. And so now a person like this woman just goes around saying, well, first off, not answering the question because nobody answers the question anymore. And it's weird how back in the day people would not answer questions, but they would still answer the question. At least enough that you felt like they answered the question. They don't even put in the pretense anymore. Yeah, and totally. So what happens now is they say things like the president supports the National Guard, which was not the question, and which is not, in my opinion, a toxic positivity, because she is not saying that in order to make herself feel better about the situation. She's saying that for the express reason of obfuscating the truth. So toxic positivity should not be compared with 
sociopathy or propaganda. What about what about as an example? What about like the prosperity gospel? Tell me more. Well, like, you know, with the prosperity gospel, it's like if if you can just be positive, right? Like God's going to give you everything that, you know, you ever wanted and more in your life. So like they're being positive, but there's no pretense that they're even doing it to try to help you. They're like just doing it to try to help themselves. So interesting that you would bring that up because another source that I have is from an internet site known as livinglutheran.org. And it starts off with this, written by Terry L. Bowes. Paul tells us, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with your testing, he will also provide the way out so that you will be able to endure it. God will never give you more than you can handle. Oh. Now we get into it. That's the yes. If if I were to think about toxic positivity, that quote is in the first paragraph. <laughs> in the first sentence. Yeah. Just keep going. Just keep going. Hey, don't worry. A way out will come through. Just keep swimming. Oh yeah. Just keep swimming. Little Nemo. Finding Nemo. But you know what? I would I would come back and I would say no. I would say no. That in and of itself is in toxic positivity. So say I fall down, Gabe. If your first thing to tell me is just keep going without acknowledgement of, yeah, that really freaking sucked. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, no, we need to keep pushing through. That's a different conversation if there's an acknowledgement of the fact that there was mm-hmm. this like emotion that happened. But if you, as a person, don't can't even be bothered by acknowledging where a person's at or what they've been through, and you all you have to tell them is like you need to keep pushing through, then that is toxic as heck because it really undermines a person's ability to process emotion in a healthy way. Yes, brilliant. It it almost makes me think of the same thing, Gabe, that that you were saying before about, you know, can can we be toxically positive to ourselves? And and I think that all hinges on exactly what Nakenji just said. If you're not willing to acknowledge the pain or the heartache that's involved with whatever failure or whatever thing brought you down and you just just deal with it with trying to be positive, yeah, then you're kind of like being po- toxic positive positive <laughs> yes i i keep mixing this up now but yes you're doing it to yourself but like if you are willing to acknowledge the reality of the situation in an authentic way then i think it's not toxic that's a really good uh, a really good observation nick and as i was trying to wrap my head around this and not coming up with anything that really makes me feel like i've come to anything right i looked at these other articles and I thought about the time that I dropped my iPad on my birthday and it landed face down on a concrete brick. And I thought about maybe just leaving it there forever so that I would never know it was broken. It's okay. I'm sure it's fine. I just, I just didn't, I don't need it right now. Um, I did the thing that I do when I'm preparing for these shows and I can't 
come to a conclusion, which part of it is, well, we'll figure something out. But the other part is, I should go ask my wife about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I did. And she said, you know, don't confuse. And I don't think we have at this point, but I had, I was at this, at that time, don't confuse toxic positivity or artificial positivity with positive psychology. And I said, well, what is that? And she said, positive psychology is a lot like what the lady who you pay $80 a week to tell you you're a good person does for you. She finds a way for you to take your strengths and thrive on those by grounding you in them, right? The idea of positive psychology is that people want to lead meaningful and fulfilling lives and cultivate the best within themselves and start from there. And I think that's a really interesting contrast because they're not really all that different, except that they're entirely different. I think it's really interesting to think about people's rejection of receiving psychotherapy because they don't want to dwell on all the horrible things that their mom did to them when they were little, like Mm -hmm. the cliche says, right? But the power of passion and perseverance can be harnessed for good and in a healthy way, right? So it's not that positivity is the problem. It's the poison. It's the toxic part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like this, like it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago. The unexamined life is not worth living. Like, Mm. you know, I think you're right. I think that, you know, the hesitancy to get that help that might be needed because you don't want to peel back those layers of the onion. I mean, I think that happens to a lot of us. And so I bring it around to the stock photo of the young man sitting on a roof holding up a sign with a rainbow on it that says everything will be okay. And I ask you, is that a fair representation of toxic positivity? I have an opinion, but I'd like to hear yours. I say yes. And I I say that because this gentleman doesn't even know what everything is. He might be referring to the pandemic, but a lot of us are struggling with multiple things besides that. So I I think it's toxic because there's no acknowledgement of the pain and anguish that's actually happening. It's just kind of a, just a positivity for positivity's sake from my perspective. I would agree. I would agree. I don't know what the context of this fellow is, but... I can't really think of anything going on right now. I feel, well, I can't think of anything going on right now where we could just be like, oh yeah, let's get to the part where we are moving on and up. But also, I think that there is not enough rage and there is a lot of rage right now. But when I say that, I mean, people are now just getting upset and clued in and tuned in to life in America for other people other than themselves. And I really, I, I, I don't want to be telling them like, well, not to worry. Things will work out. I want them to worry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
I, I yep. for telling them everything will be okay. Because then they'll just stop. Because that's how it works. It's how human beings work. I will reveal that I do believe that that is a great illustration of a toxic positivity. And here's how I would fix it. The word probably. (laughs) (laughs) Everything will probably be okay. Acknowledges the pain and anguish Uh that is in the potential future without dwelling on it to the point where we can't move forward. Nikenji, I think you're absolutely right. People are just now starting to wake up and have rage about the realities of the world around them and encouraging them to go with that. So what do we do with that urge? We need to learn how to acknowledge without owning or dismissing other people's pain and suffering. And so I found, and and through some training I've done, there's a person named Brene Brown who does a whole conversation with about empathy versus sympathy. But the nut graph on what she is about is empathy never starts with the words, at least. Mm. That's the secret to avoiding that toxic positivity. Rather than saying, well, at least you still have, at least your husband still has his job. That really does make me want to punch people. So if you're right. Yeah. Right. Right? Why not say, wow, I've been there. That really hurts. Or it sounds like you're in a hard place now. Tell me more. (laughs) These are tools that we can use to keep our positivity out of the toxic zone, but maintain progress Uh as living, breathing, growing human beings. Yeah. So what did we learn today, folks? What have we learned? Let me summarize. First and foremost, the unsinkable Titanic is already sunk. Schrodinger's Titanic. Schrodinger's Schrodinger's iPad is laying broken (laughs) and not broken. (laughs) For for eternity. (laughs) Maybe forever. Magical thinking plus inauthenticity is a distortion of the human emotional experience. Gleeful ignorance is anything but. Should I see Nikenji fall, I should acknowledge it before telling her to get up. At at least... At least you didn't break your leg, Nakenji. <laughs> At least oh, I didn't spill my drink. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, when we are faced with the inevitable opportunity to rage against the machine, and against the dying of the light, we should do so, because in so doing, it will probably be okay. (laughs) 
that bit. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs>